Today is the first Sunday of the month. It's Mission Sunday, so we give an opportunity to uh, to give and support the work of our missionary partners. Uh, and we love it when we have the opportunity to have missionaries here this year. And, and uh, being that it's the summertime and, and uh, college is not in session, these guys are ramping up. They are available to be here with us and share a little bit about what God is doing in their particular campuses and ministries. But just so you know, we support 20 missionary partners, um, just like Josh and Elena and Duncan that are serving in 14 different countries. We support five different missions organizations that are uh, working around the world. We've mentioned uh, regularly uh, here recently about Convoy of Hope that's working on the borders of Ukraine and doing so many different things. And, and uh, the, the ministry that our missionaries do is very diverse, um, but they're working to bring hope and good news and the gospel uh, around the world and make a tangible effort to, uh, to make a difference in people's lives as well. They're kingdom builders. And, uh, and you know what? Missions is not a, a small, for a small group of elite, uh, hyperactive Christians. Maybe today you're hearing uh, these guys share what God's called them to do. You're like, man, I could never do that. Um, but, but you're a part of doing that because missions is the purpose of the church. Um, and and that's, we're all a part of building God's kingdom. We're all a part of taking the gospel message in the unique places that God has placed us, that he's called us. And, uh, and so today, our missionary partners are serving on college campuses. They're serving in foreign countries. They're on the border of the Ukraine. They're all over the world. And if you'd like to be a part of, of building God's kingdom and, and being a part of the mission's work that they're doing, then we encourage you uh, to give. Definitely visit the table back there. Get some prayer cards and more information from them. Uh, but on the first Sunday of the month, we, we always encourage and, and allow people to give towards missions. And it goes toward those 20 missionary couples, those five missions organizations that we currently support. And there's others like Duncan that we would like to also pick up and begin to support. And so if you've never given to missions, you've never been a part of it, and you want to begin to do that, even 5 or $10 a month can make a huge difference. Could you imagine if, if uh, all of us were doing something for missions, we're making a difference around the world. And so at the conclusion of the service, you're able to give. We have different ways that you can give. There's offering drop boxes that are there in the back. There are, uh, are ways to give online and uh, digitally and all those kinds of things. So we encourage you uh, to do that and to be a part. I want to speak to you just briefly today in, in the next installment of our series. We've been talking about InstaFam. It's the snapshots of a family without filters. And we all have the image of our family that we like to portray, that we like for the world to see. But then there's the reality of what our family really is. And last week, we were talking about how to deal with conflict in family and in life. And today I want to talk to you about living intentionally on mission as a family. And some of you are here today and you're not a part of a traditional family unit. Maybe you are at college or you're a part of, of getting ready to go to college or a single uh, individual here today. And so we're not trying to exclude you. I believe a lot of these principles apply to every person. A family can be on mission and a person can also live on mission. And God has called us all to shoulder the work that he's called us to. He has a purpose for every life and every individual. And uh, I believe and I've seen that strong families are characterized as such, not just because someone in the home has a good job or because they eat dinner together at the table or they have enough of the right things. Some of those things contribute, uh, not because they take a summer vacation at the beach, but strong families share mission together. They live on purpose and strong individuals do as well. The Bible is clear that every life has a purpose and a reason for existence, and not all of us are called to be a missionary, maybe in the literal sense of the world, where we pack up our belongings, we say goodbye to our friends that live where we live, and we move to a Yale campus, or we move to Africa, or we move to, to where a crisis is happening, we begin to serve in the literal sense of the word. 
um, as a profession or career, but all of us are called to be a part of the mission of God, to live on mission. All of us are kingdom builders, regardless of what our career may be, what our nine to five job may be. And it's, it's easy to feel like your life is just ordinary. It's easy to feel like it's, it's mundane. You're just going through the motions. You're waking up. You're doing the same thing over and over again. That it's insignificant without meaning. And there's seasons of life that can feel that way even more so. Maybe you're a mother of young kids and you feel like the only purpose of your life is changing diapers or cooking or cleaning or negotiating nap time with a three-year-old. Whatever it may be, you may feel like you're just stuck in this rut and that you're not really doing anything important even though you're doing something that's so critically important for your kids in those seasons. There's a time where your kids will get older, where things will shift and you won't change as many diapers, but you may feel like a taxi service, that you're just driving kids from one event to one practice to the next thing that they want to do, and that's the purpose of your life. Most of us, we want to be a part of a strong and a healthy family dynamic, but what exactly does that look like? The Bible gives us some clear direction of God's intent when it came to to our existence and to family as well. In the Garden of Eden, God created man and said that it's not good for him to be alone, so he gave him a helpmate, Eve. They were told to multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and that was the initial family unit. In Genesis 18, 19, God's covenant with Abraham included his entire household. He said, "I've, I've singled out Abraham so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, and then I will do for Abraham what I promise. We see throughout the Old Testament the emphasis on raising entire families to honor God, just like the declaration from Joshua that we talked about a few weeks ago, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We see that not only in the Old Testament, but it carries over into the early church in the New Testament. We see that evangelism became a family concern. People like Cornelius and Lydia and the Philippine jailer, the apostles' message was welcomed not only into an individual's heart and life, but also into their home. Households were baptized together. The church itself is described as a family. So even if your current status in life, you find yourself in less of a family unit, you're a part of the family of God that has a mandate to live missionally. God wants individuals and families and churches to have purpose and to fulfill the priorities of God in their lives. So today from Colossians chapter 3, I want to read to you the first four verses and then the 16th verse. It's going to talk to you a little bit about God's idea, the plan for our lives to be able to live on mission, to accomplish his purposes and priorities in our lives so that our lives can have significance, not only in this world, but eternally, that we can accomplish God's purpose within our lives and our families. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Then verse 16 says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other. With all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God and th- with thankful hearts. These are important and these were echoed in some of the things that our missionaries shared today that they're trying to do on the college campus of 
creating communities of people that honor God and accomplish his purpose, even as they go about responding to the, the area of life that God's called them. How incredible it would be to have teachers all over the country that encountered and had a real life encounter with the power of God in their life that transformed them. And they, they teach through that perspective and that shapes the course of their life and doctors and, and lawyers and politicians that have that worldview and that perspective. But what about you and I in our lives that, that matter as well. God has placed us in unique places. He's opened doors of opportunity for us that we can be a light, that we can make a difference. And the first area of instruction that we see here in this passage of scripture is that we must be alive in Christ. Paul's writing to this church in Colossae. He says, since you are raised to life in Christ, there's just an assumption there. Before we go any further, there's an assumption of being alive in Christ. It's a prerequisite for missional living. How are you going to honor and, and fulfill the purposes of God for your life if you're not alive in Christ? So it's a given that we must be alive in Christ. Being alive in a physical sense, it involves various components of life. People will check if you have a pulse. They'll check if your person's breathing, if their heart is beating. Those are some signs of life. I don't know if any of you watch the shows like Walking Dead or similar shows where the, there's a, a main component of zombies in there. And a zombie is where a person's died, but nevertheless is walking around and the body is, is dead and decaying and it stinks. But yet they're, they're up and they're walking around. And, and sometimes in our lives, we can become spiritual zombies. We can be walking around, we can be interacting, we can be trying to go about some kind of normal existence. But the reality is uh, the, the indications of, of life are not present. There's signs of spiritual death and, and we're, there is death in a spiritual sense. And so there need to be signs of life in our walk with Christ if we're going to live missionally. Are you alive spiritually? Are there signs of life? Does your family have a pulse spiritually? Does your family pray together? Do you have conversations about God and what he's doing? Is there an atmosphere for the, the members of your family to grow? Is church a priority in your life? Or is there, is there opportunity for the, each individual member of your family to grow in their relationship with the Lord? That's the first thing is being alive in Christ. Being truly alive in Christ requires giving the Holy Spirit, all access in our lives. And that's the second part. If you've ever been to a major event like a concert or sporting event, there's tickets for the event that just get you in the door and allow you to go to your seat. But then there's passes that grant access to different areas based on the access granted by that pass. I once was given a pass for the Dallas Cowboys that was a pregame sideline pass. It was pretty cool. It allowed me to be on the field on the sidelines as the team was warming up and going through their drills and preparing for the game. And it was pretty amazing. But then I saw as I was going in that there were a lot of people with a lot of different passes. Some of them had similar access to what I had. Others had you know, access to various different parts of the stadium and the field that I wasn't allowed to go to. And then some had something similar to mine, but it, instead of saying sideline field pass, it said all access. And I found out later this was a former player that had been given an all-access pass for the game. He was actually going to speak to the team before at halftime or whatever. And, um, and he was allowed to go anywhere. There was nowhere that he was not allowed to go. And there were places that I couldn't go that he could go because he had a pass that said all-access. And the incredible thing about our relationship with God is that God has given us an all-access pass for him. Everything that God has for us is available to us. We have access to his presence. We have access to him through prayer. We have access to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we talked about this morning, God has not withheld any good thing from us, but he's given us all access in him. But I wonder, have we given all access to God? 
And we give him the Holy Spirit and all access pass in our lives. Does he have full access to every area of our lives? Or have we restricted him to certain areas of our lives? Maybe the sidelines of our lives. When we give God all access, then it should show up in every area of our lives. It'll impact the way that you speak to your wife. It'll impact how you treat your kids. The priorities on your calendar, how you budget your money, what you do with your free time, what you allow to influence your life through media and different things. Not only what comes in, but also what goes out. God speaks into all those areas, and that's where missional living begins to happen. When the Holy Spirit has all access to our lives, and he begins to say, hey, I want you not only to work a nine-to-five job that you're working, but I want you to share your light there. I want you to share the good news with that person. I want you to begin to pray for this person. And God begins to direct the steps of our lives because we've given him all access into our lives. And all of a sudden there's a purpose that maybe wasn't there before. Or maybe we had never responded to before because we've given him all access. And it happens in our lives and it happens in our families and it happens in our church. As the Holy Spirit illuminates the areas of our lives, we begin to respond and we respond by aligning our values. The things that we prioritize in our lives and our families represents the mission of our lives. When God has all access to our lives, he speaks into each of those areas. And then our values and our priorities and our lives begin to align with God's values and priorities. All of a sudden, we find more meaning and significance in our lives because we do have value in the here and now. But also we understand that what God is calling us to not only impacts the here and now, but eternity. In order to receive the blessings of God, we have to align ourselves with the will of God. Everybody wants God to bless them. Everybody wants God to prosper them and to answer their prayers. But very few people want to align themselves with God's priorities so that they're in a position for God to bless them. One of the blessings of God is living lives filled with purpose. And that's missional living. That's where your life begins to take on a new level of significance because you understand you're not only fulfilling your priorities, but God's priorities. It's the discernment of the Holy Spirit. You begin to hear his voice. You begin to sense the nudge of the Holy Spirit telling you to do something that on your own, in your natural self, you may be hesitant to do, that you may just shy away from, that you may want to avoid doing, but the Holy Spirit begins to guide your life and you live on mission, surrendered to him, obedient to him, aligned with his purposes for our lives. We become aware of God's will for our lives. We sense his direction in our lives and he guides our lives. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you're going to learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's alignment with God's will. It's alignment with God's word. And look at what it produces, an understanding of what it is that God would have you to do, of how it is that he would have you to live. And to see this lived out as a family requires being on mission altogether. God has a, a specific purpose for every life and for every purpose and for every person. Some of it is specific to the purpose of the individual life, and it's revealed as you follow God and as you seek His will for your life. I love where Duncan was sharing about how he had encountered Christ at Sam Houston State University in Texas, and and uh, it was it was while he was you know really responding and, and 
beginning that relationship with God that God called them to another place of ministry and of missions. And that's how God works in our lives so many times is that we encounter the relationship with God and then we, we, we align our lives with him. We give him all access to our lives and then he begins to speak and to shape into the, the specific callings that he has for our life. God calls some people to be career vocational missionaries like we heard today, some to be pastors. But God's call and his purposes are not for a select few we all have a part to play in God's kingdom, and God's not calling everybody to be a missionary or everybody to be a pastor. He wants to use you in the unique callings and the unique places that he has placed you. For many of the priorities of God apply to every person. So if you want to lead your family to live on mission, then just start with those things that apply to everyone. You don't have to ask God if he wants you to go to church. That would be an interesting prayer. God, it's Sunday morning. You've seen the week that I've had. Do you want me to go to church or do you want me to hit snooze? Because I really want to hit snooze. I think you already have your answer to, the, to that prayer. Go to church together. That's a, start, it's a great starting point, but don't let it end there. For too many people, that's the beginning and the end of their faith. Take the next step and begin to pray together as a family. You don't have to ask God if he wants you to pray. Like, God, should I ignore you today or do you want me to talk to you? Ignore you. I've been ignoring you for a while. Like maybe you're talking, but I'm not talking back. It's kind of weird. But do you want me to talk to you? Okay, I'll talk to you. God wants you to pray. Lead your family in prayer. Have prayer times. And then you say, I don't even feel comfortable praying myself, let alone with my family. Well, just begin. It's like anything else. You don't feel comfortable driving a car when you first do it. You don't feel comfortable riding a bike. You just have to do some things so that they become normal and a part of your life and, and that you grow more comfortable in them. But praying together as a family is important for you to do. Reading the Bible together on an age-appropriate level. If you have kids that are three and five, they don't need to read 15 chapters of the old King James Version. Maybe you have a big family Bible that's like from the 1800s and you pull it out and blow the dust off and thus saith the Lord, thee and thou do thus. And they're going to tune out and you're probably not even going to understand what it says either. So... Find a short passage, a couple verses from a kid's fire Bible or, or start with the verse of the day or whatever it may be and talk about what that means in a way that they can understand. Have a conversation on the way home from, from church or at lunch or after lunch today about what they learned in kids' church or what the lesson was about. Just beginning to have those spiritual conversations in your home can be a huge thing. Brainstorm ways that you can begin to volunteer or serve together or bless your neighbors as a family. Ways that you can show hospitality in some way. And talk about why you're doing what you do and why it's important. So oftentimes we do so many things, but we never teach our kids the why behind the what. Why is it that we go to church? Why do we pray? Why do we serve? Why do we show kindness to other people? It's the why behind the what that matters. One conversation can make a world of difference for your family. You could write a mission statement for your family. What is it that you believe that God wants you to focus on or learn or do or be about for that year or for the summer or for the fall? How can your family answer that call within your own family and then within your neighbors and your friends at church and around the world? Maybe God just gives you one word for your family and that's a word for, for the year, or a word for the fall. And you say, you know what, we're going to learn about Kindness. We're going to learn about treating other people the way we want to be treated. We're going to learn about generosity. We're going to learn about serving other people. And there's so many different things that you can do with that to begin to lead and guide your family. And so much of this 
is not that there's one right way or a wrong way to do it, but the important thing is that you're doing something that is a family. You're shaping your family. You're, you're, you're living on mission as a family and as an individual in your life. These are huge ways that you can live on mission as a family. If you're not in the traditional family at this time, don't excuse yourself. Find a friend. Find an accountability partner. Find a small group that you can plug into and be a part of. Find a book club that you, you know will help you shape these values in your life and help each other to live on mission. Autumn, if you'll come and just begin to play softly. This morning, we're talking about living on mission. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, Pastor Matt, this living on mission thing, it sounds like a big commitment. That sounds like something that maybe a missionary or a pastor should do, but I don't know. If that's something I've never considered that or I've never, I've never thought about that, I've just started coming to church. I'm just checking that Sunday morning box. Isn't that, isn't that enough? And like I said, it's a great place to start. But God wants to do so much more. God does incredible things in our world, but it's, it's interesting in the Bible. God does supernatural and miraculous things. God can, God can do things without the involvement of us. But the pattern that he shows in his word is that God wants to use us to do the supernatural. God wants to use us to do the miraculous. God wants to use us to make a difference in people's lives. Sam, will you help me this morning? Come on up here, buddy. I'm gonna make you come all the way up here. This is Sam, have you on know Sam. Sam sometimes plays on our worship team. He's involved, he's a good guy. He's wearing a classic shirt here. Bring up the holy hand grenade. It's pretty awesome. Okay, Sam. I have a donut on this place. Do you eat donuts? Why don't you hold that for me for a minute? Okay. Do you eat donuts? Yes. You do? You like donuts? Yeah. They're pretty good? Yeah. I mean, I've seen you eat donuts before. You look like you really enjoy them. And I'm not one to talk. I mean, me and donuts have a pretty good relationship with myself. We go way back. If I gave you this donut to eat, would it make you satisfied? Yes? Okay. Awesome. But what if that donut was all that you got to eat for the rest of the week? Probably wouldn't make me satisfied then. Okay. How long do you think that that donut would carry you? Uh, one hour. <laughs> one hour. <laughs> Not very far. Uh, so you can't just live on donuts? Is that what you're trying to say? You can't just live on one donut? can't just live on one donut. Okay. So you need some other things. Hold on just a second. What if I brought out some of this stuff? Would this be a little bit better? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I didn't include the steak on there, but there's some good things there. There's some fruit. There's some vegetables. There's some different things that you could have and that you could... Uh, incorporate so the donut wouldn't get you very far, but this would take you a little bit further. This would be something that would give you a little bit of more healthy balance, like you need to. You need to add a little protein to this, but this would be something that that would really. Uh, how long do you think this would last you? Uh, probably one week. One week. There you go. So this would last you one week. The donut would last you about one hour. Would you guys give him a hand? You win a donut. That's pretty awesome. That's yours. Yeah, you can have it for the next hour. <laughs> point of what I want to share with you today is this. If you're coming to church for 90 minutes a week, 
and that's all you're feeding your soul with, and that's the full extent of your relationship with God, then it's going to carry you about an hour, a couple hours. You're going to be starving next week. You're going to be malnourished. You're going to be unhealthy. You're going to be lacking something that's very much needed in your life. If that's the full extent, you're just going to be going from one Sunday starving to the next Sunday starving to the next Sunday starving, and then you're on vacation, so then you go two weeks, and then all of a sudden it's three weeks, and then you're out of the habit of it, and then you don't even realize that you're missing what you're missing. But if each day you're digging into God's Word, and you're going after Him, and you're living on mission, and then Sunday church just becomes like a Sunday morning donut that you look forward to and you enjoy it as it was intended to be. Just kind of the cherry on top. Just kind of the part where you come together with God's people and you're encouraged and you're built up and you're giving out. and It's just one part of your faith life and not the primary source of sustenance. Then all of a sudden, you're going to begin to see a, a difference in the way that you live your life and that you operate and the, the, the health that you have in your spiritual life. But too many spiritual lives are in distress and malnourished and starving because they're trying to live on a donut from week to week. It's not as God intended them to, to be. I don't want you to compartmentalize your faith. Don't separate your Sunday life from the rest of your life. Let it be one life. Live on mission. Live for God every day. Allow the, the values and the priorities of God and the purposes that he has to begin to shape your life. And you're not going to get there overnight slowly. God begins to work away on the rough areas. It begins to align us with him and we become more like him day after day. For some of you today, you want to live on purpose here. You want to live on mission but your, your life, you wanted to have an eternal significance, but really you're probably more in the zombie mode right now. You're walking around as if you're alive, but spiritually you're dead. And so the first thing is that you have to be alive in Christ. Maybe you're not, you've not given God all access to your life. Maybe you are alive in Christ, but there's been restricted areas. You've restricted him to certain parts. You've restricted him from other areas of your life. And it's time to give God all access. It's time to allow him to enter into every area of your life and to work as he would like to work. To shine a light on the things that don't belong. To, to do a work inside you in the deep areas that you've held him back from. For others of you, you have a pulse. You're alive in Christ. You're kind of on life support. But your values aren't fully aligned with the priorities of God. And the, the word tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. And then all the other things will be added to us. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're new in your relationship with God or you've been serving for a little while, but you say, you know what, I've, I've restricted him access. I've not given him full control of my life. And there's, there's areas that I've not aligned myself with him. I'm not listening to his voice. I'm not allowing myself to be led by him. Today can be that day. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this room today. It's just a simple message of, of living on mission. But it begins with becoming alive in Christ. It begins with allowing God, who's knocking on the door of our hearts, for us to open and say, come in, I want to begin a relationship with you. It's not about joining a religion. It's not about becoming a member of a church. It's not about what you give or what you do or where you show up or where you attend or what you call yourself or any of those things. The most important thing today is a relationship with God and he wants to have that with every person. 
He wants you to be alive in him. And you say, you know what? I'm not sure about all the things that I see and hear about Christians. You know what? I'm not either. And God's not either. Not everything that's done in his name honors him. Today, it's not about that. It's about saying, I want a relationship with God. And this impacts he and I, and that's going to be a starting point for faith. And so today, if that's you, you're here, you're not in a right relationship with God. You either never have been, or it's been a long time since you've allowed him into your life. Today, you want to begin a relationship with him. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up this morning and say, today, I want that relationship with God. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? I want a relationship with God. This is a starting point of faith. Today, I, when I walked in here, I was not alive in Christ. But when I leave here today, I want to know that I know that I know that I have a relationship with God. Is there anybody else? That's awesome. There's three people that said they want to become alive in Christ today. Can you put your hands together for that and celebrate? I think there's also some people here that maybe you've had a pulse, but you've you have not allowed the Holy Spirit access into certain areas of your life. You've held them back. You've said, I'm, I'm not going to be the person that prays. I don't want you to look at this area of my life. I don't want you to, to impact this other part of my life. There's locked doors to the Holy Spirit in your life. And if that's you today and God's speaking to you in that area of your life, would you just say, that's me today. And I want to allow all access to God's presence to the Holy Spirit in my life. So today I'm giving an all access pass. Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Man, that's awesome. About four people that are saying, I want to give the Holy Spirit an all access pass to my life. Come on, let's celebrate that together. God, all across this room, you see hearts and lives that are open to you, that are hearing and sensitive to your voice. Lord, we want to be people that are alive in Christ. We want to be people who live lives on mission and have purpose. And that what we do would not only matter for the next 60 years that we're just building our own world and our own kingdoms, but God, that we're a part of building yours and we're making a difference in the lives of our friends and our family and our neighbors and our community and our world. And Lord, we can lead lives of significance. Not that we would have to become significant people, but Lord, that you would be. That we would partner with you and your kingdom. That we would be builders of your kingdom, God. That we would be sensitive to your voice and obedient to your spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit is all about. That's what's being full of the Holy Spirit. That's what's being led by the Spirit is about. So, Lord, I pray across this room, there are people that indicated they want a relationship with you. Lord, would that begin today? For those that said they want to allow all access to their lives, to every part, that there's been areas that they've compartmentalized, that they've kept you out of, that they've restricted you from. God, would you just come in and, and just fill every part of their lives? Lord, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit available to, to individuals in their lives, that you would speak, that you would illuminate the areas of our lives that don't belong, that you would align our values with yours, God, and our priorities with your priorities, that we wouldn't look so much inward, but Lord, we would begin to look outward. You're a God that loves and cares about other people that are around us, God. Lord, would we begin to notice the mission field in our workplace and in our schools and in our jobs and at the gas station and at the restaurant today. Lord, would you begin to show us the areas that you want us to move and to operate, the assignments that you have for our lives. Lord, as, as parents of, of families that are sitting here in this room, when we begin to live on mission as families, Lord, we begin to have those important conversations 
pray together and, and begin to explain and show our kids this is why we do what we do. This is why this matters. Lord, would we begin to lead our families spiritually, God? Lord, would we make a difference in the world around us? We thank you for it. We thank you for who you are and for your presence. God, I pray that as you're a relational God that desires a relationship with us, the individuals and the couples and the families that want to live on mission and honor you, God, would they become alive in Christ? Would they allow all access? Would their priorities become aligned with yours? God, I pray for the parents who are learning to live for you, even as they try to model for their kids what that is. I pray for creative ideas. I pray for new habits to be formed. I pray for conversations that matter, that we would live each day in light of your love for us, recognizing that we're a part of a world that's in need of what we have. So we thank you for it. We thank you for your presence here in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Just here in a few minutes at the conclusion of the service, I'm going to ask a couple of our prayer team members just to kind of come over here on the side, maybe some of our elders to meet over here. And if today you raised your hand for one of those decision points, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you sense that God is just knocking on the door of your heart and you don't necessarily know how to respond or what it means, I'd love for you to be able to connect with some of those prayer team members, for them to pray with you. We've got a couple of of books over here we'd love to give you that'll help you in the next steps in your relationship with Christ. We'd love to get you plugged in to an incredible church, whether it's this church or another amazing church that's in this community. We're all a part of God's family and there's a place for everybody in his kingdom. So I'd love for you to connect over here with some of those prayer team members here in just a few moments. I want to thank you for being a part of New Life Church this weekend. Thank you to the Ruckmans and to Duncan for being here today. There's a table in the back that has some of their prayer cards, and you can connect with them, and I encourage you to do that. Pastor Brian's going to come right now. He's going to give us some further direction and uh, information about the lunch today, and then he'll dismiss us here in just a moment. Thanks for being here this morning.